I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're tuned to the Steve Donahue Show on CPL Radio, your one-stop daily source for Steve's take on the world of books. And now your host, the book critic who literally reads everything, Steve Donahue. And today we are dealing with William Burroughs, the great William Burroughs, the great American author, William Burroughs. No, just kidding. He stinks. He never wrote a single work that was any good. But we are dealing with a Burroughs, and this is a Burroughs who doesn't stink, or rather... He does, <laughs> but he doesn't stink in quite so pretentious a dude bro way. This is, of course, Edgar Rice Burroughs. Two Penguin classics, Tarzan of the Apes and A Princess of Mars. Both of them done with very appealingly pop culture covers. Imagine how horrible the covers could be. Tarzan's had his share of, of horrible covers. This is a Frank Frazetta illustration. Look at that. Some of you will be old enough and geeky enough to remember the tiny mass market paperback that had this cover originally uh, for one of the Tarzan novels. This is the very first. Tarzan of the Apes, of course, the very first Tarzan novel. And look at this, huh? Even more pulp culture because that is Dave Cockrum with Rudy Nebris inks from the Marvel Comics adaptation of John Carter of Mars stories. They got the rights to John Carter of Mars a long time ago and had a good run. The, their John Carter uh, comic had a good run. Uh, these are quintessential... Edgar Rice Burroughs starter novels. He's wrote, he wrote indefatigably. He wrote forever, just forever, and in all kinds of genres. And the full paperback printing of everything that he wrote is enormous. It's almost a whole bookcase on its own. Uh, never really stopped writing. Just it turned out, wrote, wrote works by the word, got his, his plots from dime store novels and westerns and whatnot, wrote plenty of westerns. Uh, but he hit it big with these two. And especially, of course, with this, Tarzan has actually entered into the popular lexicon. Tarzan is one of those those pop culture creations 
that we've encountered from time to time on these daily penguins that supersede even their own literary origins. Something like Sherlock Holmes that, that just becomes its own self-contained entity. Uh, Tarzan is one of those. The, the, uh, I, would, I would argue probably the, the cultural critics correct who say that the three most widely known of those creations are Tarzan, Sherlock Holmes, and Superman. And of those three, Sherlock Holmes and Tarzan have strictly literary origins, whereas Superman is a visual. It was started out as a comic book. It doesn't have an origin novel that's anything like as canonical as this. Uh, these are the two that Edgar Rice Burroughs, that his career took off with. And they're connected, of course. The, the uh, lack of success in selling the one led to the success in selling the other. And they are similar in some ways in the way that in the, the a couple of the themes, the devices that unite all of Edgar Rice Burroughs' heroic fiction, which is an individual man, a man set apart by circumstances and temperament to rise to any occasion. Uh, his heroes are unalloyedly heroes, and that is rather refreshing. That's one of, one of the larger elements that I go back to these novels for uh, that I didn't ever expect to. I never expected that. that I, I always thought that that kind of a heroic conception would be common, especially in pop and pulp fiction forever. And it fell out of favor, and it is now firmly out of favor. But nevertheless, uh, Tarzan is, of course, the, the offspring of the, the British nobility, a lord and lady who are stranded in Africa and who are murdered there. They're killed there, and their baby is left helpless and alone and adopted by a tribe of not quite gorillas, a tribe of, of anthropoid beings who seem like gorillas in a lot of ways, except they have culture, they have, they have a much more extensive language than gorillas have that we know of, <laughs> uh, and a uh, far, far greater number of human attributes. Burroughs, of course, wasn't thinking any of that. He wasn't thinking any of that when he made the, the uh, Tarmangani or whatever. He was thinking of just African gorillas, because when he wrote these novels, virtually nothing was known of African lowland gorillas. So he just extrapolated to his heart's content, as he did also with John Carter. Uh, not so much extrapolating from the cutting-edge science of his day, but from the cutting-edge popular perception of that science. And because uh, this little boy, who takes the ape name of Tarzan, after first flirting with the ape name of Gilak, that wouldn't have worked well at all, would it? But he takes the ape name of Tarzan and achieves a singular position. Because he has been raised by apes, he has been fighting hyenas and lions for his whole life, by the time he gets to adulthood, he is effectively superhuman. He's, his senses are better than any human being. He's stronger, he's faster, he's uh, much more stoical. Uh, much less less in, inhibited by pain or by the sense of failure. So, in a sense, Tarzan's upbringing makes him almost a superhero, almost superhuman. Uh, that quality is watered down in quite a few of the later novels. Tarzan novels, what, one thing that people who aren't science fiction or fantasy addicts won't maybe know is that Tarzan novels go on forever and ever. They just go on. There are so many of them. And Tarzan is often a by, a byproduct. He's a bystander in his own story. Oftentimes, in some later Tarzan stories, like uh, you could really pick at random, but let's say Tarzan and the Madman, uh, you finish the novel and you're hard-pressed to think of a way in which Tarzan needed to be in it. 
as opposed to a two-fisted Western hero of Edgar Rice Burroughs' invention, or as opposed to James Bond, only without a gun. You, you find it hard-pressed to, to center in on the otherness that's very present in this book, and that, it, that manages to stay present in a few of the following books, the otherness of Tarzan not quite being human, uh, which is, I think, one of the most interesting things about the character. It's the thing you lose the fastest in the Tarzan novels. It's still enjoyable. Edgar Rice Burroughs really knows how to hammer together a watertight potboiler. That, that where there is a turn and a twist at the end of every chapter, like clockwork. And the good people are always good, the noble people are always noble, and the bad people are always bad. They get worse as the novel gets, goes along, and they get their comeuppance. If you're in the mood for that kind of reading, Edgar Rice Burroughs will never let you down. Whether he's writing a novel set in ancient Rome, I am a barbarian, or whether he's writing a novel set in the Old West, or whether he's writing one of these weird quasi-fantasy starter novels that, and then following them through in the series. Of course, the series of John Carter is even more pronounced of the man alone, the singular hero, because John Carter is a soldier from Virginia, and he is in the actual Old West that's a blending of, of one of Burroughs' favorite settings that then metamorphoses into something completely different because John Carter is transported spiritually or physically or astrally or however you want to put it to a fantasy version of the planet mars where thanks to mars's lower gravity he has superhuman abilities so it's not like tarzan is superhuman by comparison because he grew up with a different spectrum of what it means to modulate his own strength he grew up accustomed to wrestling with gorillas so of course he's going to be much stronger than a normal man uh, it's not that. Instead, it's it's a, a literal planetary difference. It's a literal science fiction difference. John Carter can leap enormous distances. He is, at least in the beginning novels, immensely stronger than any other normal inhabitant of Mars because his muscles are adapted to a greater to a greater gravity. Much like the Tarzan novels, that otherness, that feeling that this is an alien being with alien abilities, fades. Over time, there aren't nearly as many John Carter novels as there are Tarzan novels. I'm sure I'm not the only Edgar Rice Burroughs fans who, who, over time, who has looked at the disparity there and wished that there were 30 John Carter of Mars novels and maybe only 10 Tarzan novels, or maybe 30 of both. And let's just drop a few westerns off the side of the sled. Uh, one way or another, the the uh, the John Carter novels are they are a jobbing, a word jobbing, deadline meeting western authors approximation of science fiction and as a result they're fantastic they really show more than anything else that edgar rice burroughs wrote the enormous imagination that he was drawing on it, it's he's poo-pooed of course his books would be or would only be taught in the snootier academic circles as examples of things not to do uh, but and and never as serious literature which is why i rejoiced to see them in the penguin classic line that's fantastic i wouldn't ask penguin to do any more than this but A Princess of Mars and Tarzan of the Apes? Absolutely, yes. I would, I, would, I would ask for those things to be included there. I wouldn't even go so far as the Pellucidar novels or anything else. But these two? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I believe that A Princess of Mars was a lot more instrumental in shaping early science fiction than it's usually given credit. And Tarzan, of course, conquered the world. Uh, in one way or another, whether you have the right proportion of Edgar Rice Burroughs or not in your daily life, these two volumes are edited by the same guy. Uh, John Seal, S-E-E-L-Y. Uh, he has an introduction. I believe there might even be some notes in the back. Yeah, there are tiny bits of 
uh, of notes in the back of the Tarzan volume, nothing in the back of the John Carter volume. And that minimal representation is completely accurate. You do not need any help to read these books. You do not need any help to understand them and to love them. They are, they are terrific reading experiences. Once you get used to the Argo of 100 years ago, once you get used to the, to the particular Argo of the pulps, it's, it's not Tolstoy. <laughs> you, have to, you have to get used to that. Although, in his own defense, it's a, it's a faint defense. I'm not overclaiming for Edgar Rice Burroughs. He is a much better writer than the other Burroughs that we talked about. But, uh, but even so, I'm not overclaiming for him. But every once in a while, regularly, I mean, in every book, and often several times in every book, there will be a very neat turn of phrase, a very neat way to get the business done on the page, often involving reflections on the physical world. I believe Burroughs had a very good ear for describing the physical world, and not just this world, <laughs> many worlds, uh, because it isn't just Mars that we go to in his stories, it's, it's many other worlds as well. Not only Venus, but a world within the Earth, inside the hollow Earth. Uh, all of it enjoyable, all of it terrifically fun to read. I have almost never known somebody to try Edgar Rice Burroughs that didn't become a slight Edgar Rice Burroughs addict. I certainly am. At times, I've had virtually everything. Once upon a time, I forget who the publisher was, but once upon a time, some American mass-market publisher did virtually everything. They reprinted in mass-market paperbacks, usually with Frank Frazetta covers, virtually everything that Burroughs did, and I gobbled them all up. Now, those, I have, those have fluxed waned. I have had all of those at some point or other. Then I've gone to a period where I've had virtually none. And then back again. I've I've read and collected and discarded and collected again almost all of the comic book adaptations. Marvel Comics, when they got the rights to John Carter of Mars, from which this cover is taken, they also got the rights to Tarzan and had a very long run on both with some very good parts to it. And Dark Horse, I believe, did some fantastic Tarzan story arcs. Just incredibly good. One, uh, some of the, I think it was Dark Horse, probably I'm getting them wrong, even though I'm loading them with praise. It was a long time ago, it was 30 years ago. And those are some of the best comic book adaptations of Tarzan that I've ever seen. And it might not be Dark Horse, because those things have never been collected, as far as I know, into any kind of paperback volume. And they would have been with any company that was still in existence. So it might be that whoever did them is long gone. Uh, I'll see if I can find any reference to what I'm talking about and leave it down below. Not that I believe any of those things are really readily findable, but these are. <laughs> and not necessarily these Penguin Classics either. If you're a Penguin Classic fan like I am, you've got two Edgar Rice Burroughs novels to get. But you don't need the Penguin Classic critical apparatus to start this author and enjoy him. Not at all. So your Penguin Classic today in the recommend department is a very strong recommend, although not necessarily these volumes. Uh... If you were to go to, a, you know, if you're if you're free to do so in the pandemic, if you were to go to your a big stock to used bookstore, you would find plenty of mass market, probably bargain priced Edgar Rice Burroughs, and virtually any of them would be fine places to start to see if you like this author, the cut of his jib. I do very much. <laughs> so it was a pleasure to come across these. I'm not uh, organizing or planning what I come across in these Daily Penguins, so I didn't know these were coming. I thought, sure, we'd be in 19th century American literature, but I'm very happy to find these and very happy to recommend them. <laughs> so so that's going to be your Daily Penguin for today. It's just two volumes. There are no other Penguin Classic Edgar Rice Burroughs volumes, as far as I know. I'd love it if there were a Pellucidar novel or, or a Carson and Venus novel, but I'll take what I can get. <laughs> so I'm going to wrap this up for now, but I'll be back. The Steve Donahue Show is a production of CPL Radio. 
a service of the Cedarburg Public Library located in Cedarburg, Wisconsin. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.